Sermon 32 Of Sermons for All the Sundays of the Year, Sermons 26-53 through 53, by St. Alphonsus Liguori. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sermon 32, Third Sunday After Pentecost On the Mercy of God Towards Sinners There shall be joy in heaven upon one sinner that doth penance, more than ninety-nine just who need not penance. Luke chapter 15, verse 7 on this day's gospel, it is related that the Pharisees murmured against Jesus Christ because he received sinners and ate with them. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. In answer to their murmurings, our Lord said, If any of you had a hundred sheep and lost one of them, would he not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go in search of the lost sheep? Would he not continue his search until he found it? And having found it, would he not carry it on his shoulders? And rejoicing, say to his friends and neighbors, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. In conclusion, the Son of God said, I say to you, there shall be joy in heaven upon one sinner that doth penance, more than upon ninety-nine just that need not penance. There is more joy in heaven upon one sinner who returns to God than upon many just who preserve the grace of God. Let us then speak today on the mercy which God shows to sinners, first in calling them to repentance, secondly in receiving them when they return. First point, mercy of God in calling sinners to repentance. After having sinned by eating the forbidden apple, Adam fled from the face of the Lord through shame of the sin he had committed. What must have been the astonishment of the angels when they saw God seeking after him, and calling him as it were with tears, saying, Adam, where art thou? Genesis 3. My beloved Adam, where art thou? These words, says Father Perea, in his commentary on this passage, are the words of a father in search of his lost son. Towards you, brethren, the Lord acts in a similar manner. You fled from him, and he has so often invited you to repentance by means of confessors and preachers. Who was it that spoke to you when they exhorted you to penance? It was the Lord. Preachers are, as St. Paul says, his ambassadors. For Christ, therefore, we are ambassadors. God, as it were, exhorting by us. Second Corinthians 5. Hence he writes to the sinners of Corinth, For Christ, we beseech you, be reconciled to God. In explaining these words, St. Chrysostom says, then says the holy doctor, Jesus Christ himself entreats you, O sinners, and what does he entreat you to do? To make peace with God. The saint adds, It is not God that acts like an enemy, but you. That is, God does not refuse to make peace with sinners, but they are unwilling to be reconciled with him. But notwithstanding the refusal of sinners to return to God, he does not cease to continue to call them by so many interior inspirations, remorses of conscience, and terrors of chastisements. Thus, beloved Christians, God has spoken to you, and seeing that you disregarded his words, he has had recourse to scourges. He has called you to repentance by such a persecution, by temporal losses, by death of a relative, by sickness which has brought you to the brink of the grave. He has, according to holy David, placed before your eyes the bow of your damnation not that you might be condemned to eternal misery, but that you might be delivered from hell, which you deserve. 
Thou hast given a warning to them that fear thee, that they may flee from before the bow, that thy beloved may be delivered. Psalm 59 You regarded certain afflictions as misfortunes, but they were mercies from God. They were the voices of God calling you to renounce sin, that you might escape perdition. My jaws are become hoarse. Psalm 168 My son, says the Lord, I have almost lost my voice in calling you to repentance. I am weary of entreating thee. Jeremiah 15 I have become weary in imploring you to offend me no more. By your ingratitude you deserved that he should call you no more, but he has continued to invite you to return to him. And who is it that has called you? It is a God of infinite majesty, who is to be one day your judge, and on whom your eternal happiness or misery depends. And what are you but miserable worms deserving hell? Why has he called you? To restore to you the life of grace which you have lost. Return ye and live. Ezekiel 18. To acquire the grace of God, it would be but little to spend a hundred years in a desert in fasting and penitential austerities. But God offered it to you for a single act of sorrow. You refused that act, and after your refusal, he has not abandoned you, but has sought after you, saying, And why will you die, O house of Israel? Ezekiel 18. Like a father weeping and following his son, who has voluntarily thrown himself into the sea, God has sought after you, saying, Through compassion to each of you, my son, why dost thou bring thyself to eternal misery? Why will you die, O house of Israel? As a pigeon that seeks to take shelter in a tower, seeing the entrance closed on every side, continues to fly round till she finds an opening through which she enters, so says St. Augustine that the divine mercy act towards me when I was in enmity with God. The Lord treated you, brethren, in a similar manner. As often as you have sinned, you banished him from your souls. The wicked have said to God, Depart from us. Job 21 And instead of abandoning you, what has the Lord done? He has placed himself at the door of your ungrateful hearts, and by his knocking has made you feel that he was outside and seeking for admission. Behold, I stand at the gate and knock. Revelation 3 He, as it were, entreated you to have compassion on him, and to allow him to enter. Open to me, my sister. Canticles 5 Open to me, and I will deliver you from perdition. I will forget all the insults you have offered to me, if you give up sin. Perhaps you are unwilling to open to me through fear of becoming poor, by restoring ill-gotten goods, or by separating from a person who provided for you. Am not I, says the Lord, able to provide for you? Perhaps you think that, if you renounce a certain friendship which separates you from me, you shall lead a life of misery? Am I not able to content your soul and to make your life happy? Ask those who love me with their whole hearts, and they will tell you that my grace makes them content and that they would not exchange their condition, though poor and humble, for all the delights and riches of the monarchs of the earth. Second point. Mercy of God in waiting for sinners to return to him. We have considered the divine mercy in calling sinners to repentance. Let us now consider his patience in waiting for their return. That great servant of God, Dissentia Carlio, 
a penitent of Father John Avila, used to say that the consideration of God's patience with sinners made her desire to build a church and entitle it the patience of God. Ah, sinners, who could ever bear with what God has borne from you? If the offenses which you have committed against God had been offered to your best friends or even to your parents, they surely would have sought revenge. When you insulted the Lord, he was able to chastise you. You repeated the insult, and he did not punish your guilt, but preserved your life and provided you with your sustenance. He, as it were, pretended not to see the injuries you offered to him, that you might enter into yourselves and cease to offend him. Thou overlookest the sins of men for the sake of repentance. Wisdom 11. But how, O Lord, does it happen that thou canst not behold a single sin, and that thou dost bear in silence with so many? Thy eyes are too pure to behold evil, and thou canst not look on iniquity. Why lookest thou upon them that do unjust things, and holdest thy peace? Habakkuk 1. Thou seest the vindictive prefer their own before thy honor. Thou beholdest the unjust. Instead of restoring what they have stolen, continue to commit theft. The unchaste, instead of being ashamed of their impurities, boasting of them before others. The scandalous, not content with the sins which they themselves commit, but seeking to draw others into rebellion against thee. Thou seest all this, and holdest thy peace, and dost not inflict vengeance. St. Thomas says, All creatures, the earth, fire, air, water, because they obey God, would, by a natural instinct, wish to punish the sinner, and to avenge the injuries which he does to the Creator. But God, through his mercy, restrains them. But, O Lord, thou waitest for the wicked, that they may enter into themselves. And dost thou not see that they abuse thy mercy to offer new insults to thy majesty? Thou hast been favorable to the nation. O Lord, thou hast been favorable to the nation. Art thou glorified? Isaiah 26 Thou hast waited so long for sinners. Thou hast abstained from inflicting punishment. But what glory have you reaped from thy forbearance? They have become more wicked. Why so much patience with such ungrateful souls? Why dost thou continue to wait for their repentance? Why dost thou not chastise their wickedness? The same prophet answers, The Lord waiteth that he may have mercy on you. Isaiah 30 God waits for sinners that they may one day repent, and that after their repentance he may pardon and save them. As I live, saith the Lord, I desire not the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Ezekiel 33 St. Augustine goes so far as to say that the Lord, if he were not God, would be unjust on account of his excessive patience towards sinners. By waiting for those who abuse his patience to multiply their sins, God appears to do an injustice to the divine honor. We, continues the saint, sin. We adhere to sin. Some of us become familiar and intimate with sin and sleep for months and years in this miserable state. We rejoice at sin. Some of us go so far as to boast of our wickedness. And thou art appeased. We provoke thee to anger. Thou dost invite us to mercy. We and God appear to be, as it were, engaged in a contest in which we labor to provoke him to chastise our guilt. And he invites us to pardon. Lord, exclaimed Holy Job, 
what is man that thou dost entertain so great an esteem for him why dost thou love him so tenderly what is man that thou shouldest magnify him or why dost thou set thy heart upon him job seven saint denis the aeropagite says that god seeks after sinners like a despised lover entreating them not to destroy themselves why o oh ungrateful souls do you flee from me i love you and desire nothing but your welfare ah sinners says saint teresa remember that he who now calls and seeks after you is that god who shall one day be your judge if you are lost the great mercies which he now shows you shall be the greatest torments which you shall suffer in hell third point mercy of god in receiving penitent sinners should a subject who has rebelled against an earthly monarch go into the presence of his sovereign to ask pardon the prince instantly banishes the rebel from his sight and does not condescend even to look at him but god does not treat us in this manner and we go with humility before him to implore mercy and forgiveness the lord your god is merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him fourth kings thirty god cannot turn away his face from those who cast themselves at his feet with an humble and contrite heart jesus himself has protested that he will not reject any one who returns to him and him that cometh to me i will not cast out john six but how can he reject those whom he himself invites to return and promises to embrace return to me saith the lord and i will receive thee jeremiah three in another place he says sinners i ought to turn my back on you because you first turned your back on me but be converted to me and i will be converted to you turn to me saith the lord of hosts and i will turn to you saith the lord of hosts zechariah one oh with what tenderness does god embrace a sinner that returns to him this tenderness jesus christ wished to declare to us when he said that he is the good pastor who as soon as he finds the lost sheep embraces it and places it on his shoulders and when he hath found it doth he not lay it upon his shoulders rejoicing luke fifteen this tenderness also appears in the parable of the prodigal son in which jesus christ tells us that he is the good father who when his lost son returns goes to meet him embraces and kisses him and as it were swoons away through joy in receiving him and running to him he fell upon his neck and kissed him luke fifteen god protests that when sinners repent of their iniquities he will forget all their sins as if they had never offended him but if the wicked do penance for all the sins which he hath committed living he shall live and shall not die i will not remember all his iniquities that he hath done ezekiel eighteen by the prophet isaiah the lord goes so far as to say come and accuse me saith the lord if your sins be as scarlet they shall be made whiter than snow isaiah one mark the words come and accuse me as if the lord said sinners come to me and if i do not pardon and embrace you reprove me upbraid me with violating my promise but no god cannot despise an humble and contrite heart a contrite and humble heart o god thou wilt not despise 
Psalm 50. To show mercy and grant pardon to sinners, God regards as redoubting to his own glory, and therefore shall he be exalted, sparing you. Isaiah 30. The Holy Church says that God displays his omnipotence in granting pardon and mercy to sinners. O God, who manifested thy omnipotence in sparing and showing mercy, do not imagine, dearly beloved sinners, that God requires of you to labor for a long time before he grants you pardon. As soon as you wish for forgiveness, he is ready to give it. Behold what the scripture says, Weeping thou shalt not weep. He will surely have pity on thee. Isaiah 30. You shall not have to weep for a long time. As soon as you shall have shed the first tear through sorrow for your sins, God will have mercy on you. That the voice of thy cry, as soon as he shall hear, he will answer thee. The moment he shall hear you say, Forgive me, O my God, forgive me, he will instantly answer and grant your pardon. End of Sermon 32